Welcome to Christ Church Anglican. We hope that you are blessed by today's sermon. Hallelujah, Christ is risen. What is potentially the most important day in your life? What is the most important day in the life of the world? Well, I'm going to submit to you that today is potentially the most important day for everyone, everywhere, ever. Because this is the day that changes everything. This is the day that draws a line between death and life. Today we celebrate the conclusion of the single most important event in the history of man, the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, the Son of God and Savior of the world. And what Christ won for us by his death, he guarantees with his resurrection. But before we go to the resurrection, let's take a moment to go back to Friday and remember what happened on the cross. St. Peter tells us, He personally carried our sins in his body on the cross so that we can be dead to sin and live for what is right. By his wounds, you were healed. On the cross, Jesus took everything, everything that separates us from God and the punishment it carried. Wave after wave of sin was poured onto Christ's sinless soul. Again and again during those three hours, his soul recoiled and convulsed as all of our lies, our infidelity, our hatreds, our jealousies, our murders, our pride, our petty differences were poured upon his purity and he became the focus of the father's wrath. Not because the father hated his son, but because the father hates sin. And God knew that only God himself in Jesus could withstand the punishing wrath focused on the sin of the whole world. Jesus took everything we deserved and exchanged it, offering us everything he deserves as the son of God. And what does that mean? Well, let's review last week's study. At the cross, Jesus was punished so that we could be forgiven. At the cross, Jesus was made sin so that we could be made righteousness. He was rejected so we could be accepted. He was cut off by sin so we could be joined to God. He bore our shame so that we could share his glory. At the cross, Jesus was wounded so we could be healed. He became poor so that we could share his abundance. He became a curse so that we could receive his blessing. He died our death so that we could share his life. All of this would make possible because Jesus was willing to offer his life as a substitute on the very cross that was meant for you and for me. You see, the cross he got on, as Skip talked about, as Rip talked about, as I talked about last week, didn't have his name on it. It had your name on it. That was your punishment. It was my punishment. And Jesus said, I'll take it instead for you. The Bible tells us the wages of sin is death. And that is because sin separates us from God. And God is the source of life. All that Jesus did, he did so that we could have the possibility of being reunited with God, reunited with true life. 
And as Paul says, in 2 Corinthians, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. On the cross, in full clarity, knowing exactly what he was doing, Jesus took on your sins and mine and he bore them and he did it willingly so that we might become the righteousness of God. Now, today we celebrate the resurrection and what more could there be? Friday seems pretty complete to me. What more could Sunday mean for us? Well, there is the new life that Jesus won for us. It is the life Jesus promises, the life empowered and directed by God. And the resurrection secures and guarantees forever what Jesus paid for at the cross. When Jesus rose from the dead, he became the first fruit, the living guarantee that the life he won for us on the cross is real and available to all who believe and trust in him. And he rose to be the living guardian of that life. Because, see, Jesus is fully God and fully man. He holds together God and man in his person. And because of that, we can never be separated from God again as Adam and Eve were. When Adam and Eve sinned, it was a complete break with God. When we sin, there's not a complete break with God because our brother Jesus is still united with God. And we can go through Christ to the Father to be forgiven and restored. In John 10, chapter 10, verse 10, Jesus said, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. And he said this to people who were walking around eating lunch. You know, they seemed to be alive at the time. But so what was he talking about? Well, he was talking about people who were dead in their sins. Their bodies were functioning, but their spirits were disconnected from God, the source of life. Disconnected from all that means life. And they were like orphan children who did not know that they were actually the heirs of a great kingdom. Jesus made it possible for you and for me to be reunited with our Father in heaven. He came down to the neighborhood beat up the bullies, and brought us home. Okay, He's our big brother. And when we are reunited, when we get home and we're with the Father again, the Holy Spirit comes into us with the spirit of adoption so that we can experience and live the life that Jesus promised. Because you see, we can't live the life Jesus promises on our own. Uh, not under our own power or by our own righteousness. That's what people tried to do before Jesus. And if it had worked, Jesus would not have needed to die for us. So never buy this nonsense about many ways to heaven and Jesus is our vehicle, okay? As Jesus said, I am the way. He didn't die to give us another option. He died to give us the only way possible. On our own, we're too broken by sin to be able to fix ourselves. In fact, the only way I can live this new life is to die with Christ and be raised with him. That's why Paul writes to the Galatians, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith 
and the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. It is the risen Christ alive in me through the Holy Spirit who makes new life possible. And in fact, he actually lives this life through me, and he lives the life through you. And isn't that a relief that we don't have to learn how to do it all on our own? (laughs) Jesus is in us doing it and teaching us and mentoring us. This is the life St. Paul prays every believer will know. In Ephesians, he writes, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation and the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his great might that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. So what's my inheritance? What's your inheritance? You're forgiven. You're made righteous. You're accepted. You're joined to God. You share his glory. You are healed You share his abundance, you receive his blessing, you share his life. And according to St. Paul, there's more, just like the Ginsu carving knives. Remember those commercials? But wait, there's more. Well, there is more. The same power that created the universe, the same power that raised Jesus from the death, this power is available to every son and daughter of our Father in heaven, available to heal the sick, bind up the brokenhearted, to give sight to the blind, to free those who struggle under addiction or oppression, to demonstrate the good news of God's love. And this life and this power can all be ours when we stop living as orphans, stop living our little self-focused lives, and accept God's love by receiving what he has done in his son, Jesus Christ. This is the day that calls for a decision. Will I follow Christ or not? It's the difference between choosing to be an orphan or choosing to be adopted into a family. If you say no, no thank you, I don't think I want to be adopted into God's family, then uh, life will continue as normal, but you will always know there was more you could have had. And living the rest of this life knowing that There's a hole there that you never filled. I wouldn't want to. But if you say yes, believing Jesus rose from the grave and trusting your life to him, then new life is yours in Christ and a new family and a new world await you. A new kingdom. As a church, our vocation is to be citizens of that new kingdom and to help to increase that new kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. This is the day that calls for a decision to accept all that Jesus has won for you. So how do you accept the gift that Jesus offers you? Well, Romans 10 tells us, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You will be saved and have new life and love and freedom. 
And I hope you understand that Christianity is all about new life and a loving relationship with Jesus and his Father. You know, even in churches, there are a whole lot of people who don't know that. A lot of people who think it's all about religion rather than relationship. And so they have this notion that Christianity is a pretty gruesome option that is going to suck the life right out of you. Okay? Well, that's the enemy's plan. But that's not God's plan. Listen to God's words. Jeremiah, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Today, I hope you too will confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God the Father raised Jesus from the dead. Then, now and forever, this will be the most important day in your life and in your world. And it will remain so forever and ever. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for tuning in. For more information, feel free to visit us online at ccanglican.com. We hope you will join us again soon.